A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, you guys put some mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song. That would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word. Pastors, keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Like live streaming Table Talk Radio, this is Table Talk <laughs> Radio. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the test is all working out. People can hear you. They can see me. Everyone's mourning the fact that we're 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 live on the Facebook now, recording Table Talk Radio. What a crazy sort now how, of thing! How would a listener to this junk uh, get on the Facebook to to participate in perhaps a future live stream? Well, uh, I don't know. I suppose become a friend of mine in Facebook. You got a time warp, also. Boy, this like is, Ben Shapiro. Th- this is like a, a an exclusive club. I oh mean, yeah. I mean, what if someone did not want to be your friend on Facebook, but Still wanted to see the live stream. Was that would that be possible? I know, out of luck, totally out of luck. So this is just a, a trick to get more Facebook friends. I don't need more Facebook friends. Oh, oh, I got. No, I'm getting. Uh, this is a. <laughs> I don't. I, need uh, I don't know if I'm going to admit this, but I'm I'm edging up towards that 500 number where you or wait 5,000 where you can't have any more and you have to become like a public figure or whatever. Oh, is that a thing? I didn't know it's that. It's a thing, and so when that happens, then. You have to go and ask people to like your page. So someone did that to me the other day, and I thought, never mind. I do not want to. That is obnoxious. Hi, I mean, it, would like you if Facebook like isn't already enough. Do you, do you think if you like me enough in real life, you could like me in the digital world? <laughs> you make it sound so desperate. <laughs> well, I mean, if the shoe fits. All right. What's, what's uh, today's show look like? Well, I don't know. We're going to do... Um, we are going to... Uh, okay, we're going to look at a church sign. Yes. Uh, oh, a, Cal- a, a pastor who had to resign over a church sign. That's a something. And then we're going to do this Ben Shapiro thing with uh, the killing baby Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then we're going to, hopefully, our live stream audience is going to bail us out of the rest of the show. So that's what's that's what's going on. That's right. Our, our future is in your hands. So... Yeah. Uh, Whatever if you, you want to do. If you guys have ideas for the la- la- end of the show and you're watching on the live stream, then uh, you got to post those up there. Excellent. So, Let's start with buzzwords. What do you got? Epiphany. Is it? Is there any chance that this recording is going to be up by by the time that it, it's not it, epiphany? It just depends whether you um, practice pre-Lent or not. Epiphany is, it means manifestation. We use it as the season of the church year between Christmas and Lent or Christmas and pre-Lent, for those of us on the historic one year, where where Jesus is manifesting himself. So like, for example, Epiphany, the Feast of Epiphany has the appearance of the, of the wise men visiting Jesus, or the baptism of Jesus is in there, Jesus as a boy in the temple. We just had last week, did you do this? Uh, the wedding at Cana, where Jesus turns mm-hmm. water into wine. It says he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So Epiphany means the manifestation. It has to do with this lighting. 
So it's like turning the light on is what Epiphany is. So uh, we celebrate that the light by the Scripture turns on the light so that we see who who Jesus is. And I made the point yesterday that uh, doing so is a very dangerous proposition for Jesus because here he comes as a true God into um, a sinful world, so his own did not receive him. So for for Jesus to manifest his glory, even to change water into wine, uh, is the uh, thing that gets him crucified, or the thing that gets the ball rolling towards crucifixion. So so Mary comes to him and and he says, "My hour has not yet come." Uh, so Jesus knows that to make this manifestation, even at a wedding, a wedding, uh, is going to be for him a, uh, a a thing of sacrificial love. That is a nice point. The, because the, the Jesus came and his own received him not, mm-hmm. and so forth. That's very interesting. Seventeen thousand people are watching, by the way. Oh, oh no, that's just seventeen. <laughs> Sorry, it's, misread. I misread pretty, the numbers. Pretty Number. I mean, it's just this zeros. Not a big deal. Uh, okay, I'm going to pull out a a, a a buzzword from the Table Talk Radio website, which really? says "Old Adam." Oh, it's our sinful nature, our flesh, uh, which we inherit from our our fathers. I think it that's says, uh, discrimination against men. <laughs> You're right. What about the old Eve? Huh? Uh, huh? And how do we know well, how our sinful flesh identifies? There's, <laughs> there's, what if my sinful flesh identifies as an old Eve? But you make I a, think you're so patriarchal. Well, you make a point here, though, because we don't actually refer to the old Eve, right? I mean, and, and you know, if we're going to be technical about things, I mean, even Paul makes the point, it was not Adam who was deceived, but Eve. Uh, uh, yeah. but, but the sin rests upon Adam. Uh, so there's, I think, then a, a headship point here, that, that Adam... Uh, had a responsibility as husband to his wife, which he did not fulfill. Um, and so he then takes on the, the sin of his wife. And I might suggest also that as our Lord Jesus is the groom and we the bride, the church, he takes our sin upon himself as well. What do you think of that? Uh, the, the Calvinists have a name for that. They call it federal headship. Is that that name that the Calvinists call So that... Because Adam was considered to be the head of creation, so when he fell, everyone fell. Um, I'm not sure what we think about that, if we use that language or not, because it seems like only the Calvinists are ever talking about that. And when I ever only hear Calvinists talking about things, I'm suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. I just assume we, that it's wrong. We, we won't take a position unless we uh, get further okay, enlightenment. Maybe federal from headship a... will be the buzzword for next. We've <laughs> yeah, have that's lumpy right. chunkle buns. <laughs> Does he still exist? Is he, uh, yeah, is with he this haircut around? that I've got, I could go on as lumpy chunkle buns. Yeah, you're like you're like going in. Uh, you're like going in disguise like uh, Luther going out as Junker. Junker yeah, George. that's what I should do. That's a good idea, <laughs> Junker Wolfmuller. My sword. All right, all right. So let's uh, take a look at this story. It's sent to us by Jeff in Rogue River, Oregon. It's from Rogue River, Oregon, Australia. Yeah, that's right. Uh, here, here's the headline. It says, Pastor loses job after church sign stating homosexuality is still a sin, causes uproar. That's just, this pa- is just, this is when, uh, whew, this is when church signs go bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's the story. It says, <laughs> when you, when you, when you step outside of the CHCH, what's missing, it gets risky. Maybe that's right. why so many church signs are just punny. Edgy. Because, yeah, it's safe. Punny is safe. 
So uh, Pastor Justin Hoke of Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church yeah. in Weed, California, has lost his job. Is there really a place called Weed, California? Yeah, yeah. It's not too far from here, actually. Ironic. Uh, has lost his job both uh, following both community and alleged internal backlash over the language used in his most recent church sign. In early January, Hope designed a sign that read, Bruce Jenner is still a man. Homosexuality is still a sin. The culture may change. The Bible does not. Yeah. According to... Sam- okay, so hope, is that, wait, let me just make sure we got this church sign. Bruce Jenner is still a man. Homosexuality is still a sin. Culture may change. The Bible does not. This is a Baptist church? Is it Presbyterian. Pres- Presbyterian church. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. According to San Francisco Gate... A couple dozen community members gathered to protest the sign on January 6th. Well, it's a good Epiphany Day event. Uh, the protest, called the Shasta Love Rally, was organized in love. part by local resident Amelia Mallard. All about the love. Yep. A second protest was held on Sunday. According to the most recent count on the official Facebook invite page, 71 people were going to the event and 182 people were interested. Okay, let's check how many people are watching live here. We are not at those numbers yet. <laughs> we're, we're, let's we're, go, people. Share the news. It's like the love rally. <laughs> yeah. Table Talk Radio love rally here. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll expedite here the story. Uh, but it says uh, a few days later, um, the pastor says, As of today, I am no longer the pastor of Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church. After much prayer and counsel, I have decided that it is best to briefly communicate what has taken place. Number one, I was informed by our other elder, that he felt that he could no longer follow my lead as pastor of Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church. Number two, I was informed that essentially all but one couple in membership would leave the church if I continued as pastor of Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church. Number three, our other elder and the couple felt that those who left would likely return if I leave. Number four, our other elder was agreeable to stay and assume the pastoral responsibilities. Therefore, it was determined that it would be in the best interest of our local body for us to part ways. Now, I was reading in Amos. Tell me if you think this verse applies. We were doing Amos yesterday, and it says, The days are so evil that the righteous don't say anything. Because So there's a way that... Mm. That, that you can say something right, but when the, when the culture becomes so saturated with lies that to say uh, to uh, to say something, it becomes a dangerous sort of thing. Um, it seems like that's right. that is the verse, the rubric under what's going on here. So. Right, and, and I think even though we were joking about it earlier, the point is true that um, if we if we really start putting things on our church signs of what we actually believe, teach, and confess. Uh, it will not be received well. So everyone loves a good pun on the church sign, but not everyone loves the truth of the Bible on the church sign. Man, I wonder what. So what are we gonna do with this thing? What? What? Are we actually playing a game? Or are we just talking about? We this? could either one. We, we want to do Ten Commandments on this. Ten one, Commandments or? in the news. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there, I mean, there's a there's a lot of places to talk. I mean, so first, just to talk about the sign itself and the helpfulness of of having a church sign that says something like this. I, I don't. I mean, I think we would say that what he said was right. Mm-hmm. Maybe something... Uh, I don't know. We're, I guess right. that, mu- that bad music means the break is coming. The, the, the disadvantage is, is that um, people are going to see you try to come up with something during the break on live stream Facebook. So you can't hide under, at, at the break. What am I going to say? Evan, what, what should I say this time? <laughs> we'll be right back. Good night. 
Hey, feed me my lines. <laughs> Line. <laughs> Friends don't let friends listen to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> uh, or watch. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. We have Here's the news out of out of Rogue River, Oregon, from yesterday. Yeah, uh, Pastor Gigline is the chili cookoff champion oh, of the I world. Oh, I did hear that news. <laughs> Dad told me this. Uh, Dad called me up and he says, "So Pastor Gigline won the chili cookoff yesterday." <laughs> no, no, I asked him. He said we had a chili cookoff. I said, "Did Mom win?" She said, "Dad said no. She came in second. Who won?" Pastor Gigline, <laughs> he was all worked the, up about it. The only it. thing that was great about that is is your dad was talking smack all week. Like he's like, "Good luck, I know. yeah, you're gonna I, lose." My, my dad said he says, "I think uh, I think Pastor Gagline brought in people. I think even his baby voted." <laughs> <laughs> so there's this big controversy. Oh man, he was he was worked up about They're it. They're wanting mom a recount. Me, mom sent me pictures of. Uh, of uh, of you and your thing. Yeah, I got uh, an apron as as a trophy. Yeah, the chili cook-off. Congratulations. I, did she send you the picture with me standing next to your dad? Because she wanted a yeah. picture. I was like, no, I, I need to go take a picture next to Chuck because he, <laughs> he oh, man. <laughs> that was He was all worked up about it. He's all, you're going to lose. You're going to oh. lose. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. All, all right. right. So, uh, so we're talking about the story that the pastor from Weed, California, put a, a sign up on the church sign that said, uh, Bruce Jenner is, oops, that was the vandalism, Bruce Jenner is still a man, homosexuality is still a sin, the culture may change, the Bible does not. Now, wh- let me just fill out the story because it might play into your Ten Commandments thing. All right. Um, uh, after the sign was uh, originally put up, they had a love rally, and then after that, the sign was vandalized. The LGBTQ community actually did a fundraiser to raise money to repair the sign, and then that's after the resignation took place. So uh, that's that's, a, that's actually amazing. Mm-hmm. I, that's the perhaps one of the most surprising things about this, and it's amazing to think. Sorry, the comment just came across. It says Brian Wolfhair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but they're playing a game now, which is try not to get distracted by the comments, which I'm losing. Um, but that they, so that the the local like LGBT chapter or whatever raised cash money. No, that's not surprising. Okay, tell me because it's a PR move. All right, well, okay. I mean, look, I'm trying to put the best construction on things. There's there are a lot of layers to this, mm-hmm. a lot of layers. First is this point. So okay, the the this idea. So the idea that homosexuality is still a sin. Bruce Jenner is still a man. This point is, and and then and those are those are those are kind of premises to make the conclusion that culture changes. The Bible does not. So so are you are we going to determine our truth? What's true by the by the culture or by the scripture, and it simply makes the point that culture is always shifting and moving and changing, whereas the truth of the scripture does not change. Now, this is now tell me if this picture in your imagination is helpful, Evan. So you got to imagine that there's two people. There's a there's and they're standing right next to each other, 
but one person is standing on the shore and the other person is standing on a boat. Now, they might be standing right next to each other, but slowly the boat is drifting off. And so what was a conversation, face-to-face conversation, is now they're sort of shouting at each other. And then the further away the boat drifts, then the more the, now the people are, 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 have to shout at each other. That's the only way they have to communicate. Now, it, it seems to me like that is a picture or an illustration of how it is with the culture and the church. It used to be, it seems like people remember the days when they were right next to each other, but the culture continues to float away slowly. So the church hasn't changed its doctrine, at least it, uh, the the the, the people who are rightly called church. I mean, we, we still say the same thing about marriage, the same thing about faithfulness, the same thing about, um, what, about, about man and woman. We, we haven't changed. We, we're still staying the same stuff that we said for the last 2,000 years, and yet the culture is floating away so that the things that we have been saying this whole time have all of a sudden become offensive. Like in the last five minutes, this is all now offensive to everybody because the culture is changing. So uh, so the point that the church is still saying the same stuff and the culture is saying something different, I think that's, that point can stand, right? I mean, I think that's a, actually a fine point to make. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's interesting because... Um you know, so this whole like political pressure thing of having a protest and you know, and uh, having a love rally is kind of this works with businesses usually, right? So that um, you know, if someone had a sign on a grocery store and said something like this, people would protest until you know management changed it or the place went out of business. But we're talking about a church mm-hmm. who's putting out on their sign the message of their beliefs. I mean, what what would you? otherwise expect a church to believe. Um, But all this is doing is putting what was probably preached on a regular basis on the inside from the pulpit and putting on the outside. And that's what I think is concerning about uh, the majority of this congregation, except for one couple, according to the, according to the uh, article that everyone wanted to part ways. Well, you didn't have a problem with it when it was preached from the pulpit, but now you have a problem with it when it's on the church side. Why is that? Yeah. Now, there is something, though. There's something really amazing um, about—I was listening to Al Mohler. Remember our friend Al Mohler? Oh, yeah. How's he doing, by the way? Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, And he he and I were talking about uh, how— uh, Mike Pence's wife got in trouble because oh, yeah. she's teaching art at the at the school at the Christian school, <laughs> and the Christian school has like a normal statement of here's what we believe about everything: Jesus and God of the Bible and morality and so forth. And they have so they have a standard of of sexual morality that you have to sign off to, which includes you can't become a woman if you're a man and so forth. I mean that's just but it's just part of it. And so the school is called an anti LGBT school. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a this is like a tiny little uh, part of what we teach. It's like it's it's like a subset of the sixth commandment: "You shall not commit adultery." And here's how we kind of. But it for for the sexual revolution, it is the only issue. It's like the only thing. So what do you say about a man becoming a woman? What do you say about two men becoming husbands? That's like the only question that's it, that is in the mind of people. And, and so the church, which has a lot to say about everything, I mean, creation, redemption, sanctification, the beginning of the world, the end of the world, who God is, how he loves us, what the death of Jesus is, all the, I mean, we've got, we have libraries full of doctrine that we have to, stuff to say, but the only question for the sexual revolutionaries is, well, what do you say about two men who say that they love each other or whatever? That's like, that's like the, 
it's like sola sola adulteria how, how would you say that solus adulterius <laughs> yeah yeah it's like the only our only concern is 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 how to express our sexuality that's like the that's like the modern dogma now one of the things that i wonder about is the wisdom of a church sign that that buys into that i mean we do want to so now we're talking about the wisdom of the thing which is hard to judge looking back you know uh, or looking forward or whatever so we don't want to but uh, we we certainly want to make sure that you know we don't get sucked into this thing like the only thing that matters is the is these questions of of um of right and wrong when it comes to our sexuality they're well, just that was much, actually much more that was something that the pastor had said that the reason that he did the church sign was because he saw that the culture was drawing the line in the sand saying all right this is the issue that uh, that you cannot be okay with and it happens to be something that christians stand for and so he said if that's a line in the sand, I'm going to make a confession. I'm, mm -hmm. or I don't know if he said the word confession, but I, I did this sign because that was a line in the sand. Right. Little did he consider the people of his own congregation maybe was not on the same side of that line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's right. Now, I do okay. think I, I do think that I, I respect this pastor because he identified that even though um, he was, I mean, I don't, I don't he, 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 proclaimed a true thing um e even though th nothing he did was technically wrong he identified that persisting that he was right was actually going to be more harmful for the church yeah that is an interesting thing now but but I, but before we get to that we got to say something about the love business okay because what and it was in the argument it was in the article there that the the how did it say this is against love or what was the what was the rally? Yeah, yeah, that's what that the protest is called the Shastina love rally, right? Yeah, right. So so the what, what's really this is just a demonic technique that we just we just need to be very aware of. And that is that the the devil wants to put love against the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. so that. So that we, we know that love looks like the Ten Commandments, so don't kill, that's love. Don't commit adultery, that's love. Don't steal, that's love. But the devil wants to, 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 to drive those two things away, so don't commit adultery, that's not loving. If love, I want to use love against the Ten Commandments. And this is the, what, this is the, this is the chief uh, positioning of the of the sexual revolutionaries is that it's not there if they would say hey we're for sexual liber libertinism that would be much closer to the truth they say no we're for love people can love who they want to love but that is sexual libertinism because it's not talking about love i mean can two guys love each other well that's what that's what's required by the bible it's what's called friendship christian service but that's actually not what they're talking about they're talking about something much Something different. They're talking about uh, the, the expression of, of of sexual intimacy and these various different things. And so, so, so the sexual re the sexual revolution wants to cruise under the banner of love always, and that is an illicit move. But it's a demonic move that we should be able to recognize. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, and then, but I mean, identifying that. I mean, just as you did, um, ma makes you, at least in the eyes of the world, the one who is unloving. Yeah, right? the hater. I mean, oh, yeah. Anyway, well, we're out of the time for this. What are you talking uh, about? We're segment. out of time. I need. We need to get Ten Commandments out of you after all right, this break. All right. All right. Let's get, all right. Because uh, we got to. You got to tell me what to say during the break, like normal. Okay. <laughs>
and I will. And then we're going to be talking about Ben Shapiro's remarks at the pro-life rally about baby Hitler. What would you do about baby Hitler? And uh, we'll discuss that. You're going to call in toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLDA. Can people do that? Can people want to call in? They can do it? Yeah, and they can leave a message. <laughs> we got to get some of these live listeners on as guests. Can we do that, actually? Live listeners are unconfirmed. It's a radio show. It's a relationship. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. 29,000. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. Oh, not yet. All right, we're back. Table Talk Radio. We might, might get some Ten Commandments from Pastor Wolfmuller on this story about uh, the pastor from Wheat, California, that posted a sign, Bruce Jenner is still a man, Uh, homosexuality is still sin, the culture may change, the Bible does not, and then found himself without a job. All right, what are the Ten Commandments on this story, Pastor? Well, okay, so the whole question of of human sexuality is, of course, governed by the Sixth Commandment, you shall not commit adultery. That's nice. Uh, So that's certainly there. Uh, The preaching of God's Word is covered under the business of the Third Commandment. That's how to... What? That's how to how to preach the word, uh, and also the second commandment. Um, the pastor and his and his people in the church—that is the the third commandment. Probably, I I wonder, um, I wonder how to uh, think about his resignation. I mean, you you talked about the honor of of the thing. It's a tricky thing where the where uh, can the people hear the preaching of his pastor? The pastor. That's the uh, that probably falls under the eighth commandment. And how to sort all that out? Yeah. So, so to uh, be sure, I, I, and and, and I'm, we're just dealing with what we know of from the story. So there might be other things, but but I I would see this as kind of a shaking the dust off of your feet kind of situation. Um, uh, my only point was that if 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 a pastor, let's just speak hypothetically now, if a pastor's perhaps in the right and yet his entire congregation opposes him, there's no reason for him to to stay. Uh, I, I think then you just uh, say, well, I, I, I've been called to preach the gospel, and this body which had called me does not want me to preach the gospel, uh, does not want me to speak forth the truth of God's Word. And it was an overwhelming majority, so at that point, I think you just knock the dust off your feet. That was my, my yeah, take. Yeah, something to it. There's I don't pra- know. what You got other commandments that are on your mind? Um, second, third. No, I don't think you covered them. Um, you, you said eighth commandment the in there, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's uh, that's good. Did you do, I, did you do uh, seventh commandment? Did you say that? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh yeah. Well, they're raising money for the the church sign. Oh yeah, that's true. That's seventh commandment deal. All right. Well, let's uh, let's listen to some audio from Ben Shapiro as he did a. Uh, show from I think Washington D.C. You during were just the telling pro-life. me about this controversy, and I hardly, I mean, I just saw a headline flash, and I thought, what could he have possibly said? What could Ben Shapiro have said that, um, what, that, uh, that that he starts to lose um, sponsors? Sponsors for yeah. this thing. Yeah. So this is what he said. This is 
Uh, of course, he does his uh, his daily show. That guy, if you want to talk about someone who can pump out content, Ben Shapiro puts out a ton of stuff. I mean, you just kind of wonder at what point does he just run out, but he keeps doing it. And he was doing his uh, his uh, daily show from Washington, D.C. during the pro-life rally. And I don't know how, but somehow started talking about Hitler. I think I think the, the question was put forward, all right, if you're so pro-life, um, what about Hitler? Would you... Would you abort or would you uh, kill baby Hitler if you knew he was going to be, uh, you know, doing the Holocaust? And this is what Ben Shapiro said. Shapiro show. Right. The, the, the argument, I guess, here is that would you kill baby Hitler? And the truth is that no pro-life person on earth would kill baby Hitler, right? Because baby Hitler wasn't Hitler. Adult Hitler was Hitler. Baby Hitler was a baby. Right? What you presumably want to do with baby Hitler was take baby Hitler out of baby Hitler's house and move baby Hitler into a better house where he would not grow up to be Hitler, right? That's the idea. All right, so that's the... That, that's that's the, it. That's it, yeah. That's now, the wildest thing. Now, it's, which is... it's So it's the most... So first of all, it's absurd, right? Because you, you don't know what someone's going to do. We don't know the future. Right. So it's an absurdity of a question. But the second is, I suppose it's fine as... I mean, this is what the philosophers like to do. They like to pose these sort of ethical things. And this is the, the most... Uh, kind of obvious thing ethical point you can't you can't kill someone for a crime they didn't commit mm -hmm. how, how is this contra this is what i don't know how is this controversial uh well, well the thing is are we it's like a we're so completely utilitarian i i don't know it's weird see i i think i think those who would would who would put this hypothetical into the argument for a pro-lifer to consider, uh, they think that they have found then a contradiction in thinking because, aha, you know, you say you're so pro-life, but here's someone who ended the lives of many. So if you're not willing to do that for Hitler, but again, the point, and actually the point that Ben Shapiro made there was that uh, someone like Adolf Hitler, who kills, kills many people, uh, didn't uh, came to that conclusion or came to the, the point in his life in which he would be able or willing to do that uh, through some kind of exposure or uh, upbringing. And so his, his answer was, maybe we should put that baby in a better home where he won't be raised to try to kill people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that, that's actually a brilliant point, that, that if you're going to be talking about these impossible hypotheticals, then let's think about what effect— the way we're brought up, the the families that we're raised in, how that changes um, how a person thinks as adult. There is a way. There is a way that the argument exposes one of the problems with the with the abortionist argument, and that is that they 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 assume a bad future and work back and weigh a bad future against a death. Do you see how that goes? So they say, well, that baby is going to have a terrible life, therefore better for them to die. And that, by extension, gets to the, gets to the Hitler argument. And so I think the, the point of this is that the question, would you kill the baby Hitler, exposes, it, it exposes the argument of the, of the pro-abortion side more than it actually exposes anything bad about the, the pro-life argument. Do you, see, do you see what I'm saying? So, so, so that, well... What does it expose about the pro-abortion? Because, because you always hear this sort of thing. You say, well, if a children is born in bad circumstances, they'll have a bad life, they'll have parents that don't want them, etc. That is so bad 
that it would be better just for them not to be born at all. Mm. Do, do you see? Mm -hmm. So a bad future is worse than death. Than no a bad future is worse than no future. So you see, Hitler, mm. bad future, better, better just to have no future. So that's the that's the that's often the argument that the that the pro-choice, uh, pro-abortion uh, uh, folk will make. A bad, a bad future is worse than no future. But the problem is to get to no future, you got to commit murder. Right, right, yeah. So so that you have a position where, um, where human life is not something that should be defended, but it's something that is expendable on the basis of a judgment of what one's future looks like. Yeah. Which is a it's a pretty I mean so here we are saying that we're uh, intrinsically better than Hitler while taking the position that we can expend human life because we determine that the future is not worth having. Yeah, I mean so the so the uh, it's, there's like a hundred things wrong with it. I mean just the first one being you don't know the future, but the second one is you can't even if you did know the future you can't you can't act on it. You're, we're not that's not justice in any way it's not justice i mean that so, that is like, that is by definition hitler's hitler's um thought process right yeah hitler would be the guy who would be murdering people who are going to turn out to be not ideal people right it's, it's eugenics mm -hmm. crazy <laughs> it's so utilitarian it's just it's like it's like being totally lost to this utilitarian thing i can't it's like um why, how are we so what is wrong with us that this is like a controversial sort of thing it's this is like when you take philosophy ethics 101 in like when you're a sophomore in high school and it's like <laughs> oh, i wonder and then you're like oh, oh yeah that's weird what, that's well, weird i mean know? i i mean i would wonder what this is what's interesting to me because i would expect the the Abortion supporters, you know, the, while while Ben Shapiro was doing this show, supposedly the, uh, or presumably I should say that the women's march was going on around somewhere else in D.C. I would expect all of them in the women's march to disagree with what Ben Shapiro said. But the people, the businesses, the corporations who have decided at one point to sponsor Ben Shapiro's show knows that he comes from a conservative perspective, knows he's going to be saying things on the right of left, right? Mm -hmm. What would they expect him to say about that question? I know, but there's so many other ways that you could be mad at Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I mean, he says so many things that are that are. But, but see, that's my point: that people who are going to be sponsoring his show know, hey, look, this is this is an audience that we we want to get our our business products and services in front of, and then he says, hey, we shouldn't kill baby Hitler because it was only adult Hitler that was Hitler. I mean what what do you think he's gonna say? Like how would you how would you expect Ben Shapiro to handle that argument that would not cause him to lose your advertising dollars? Right. That's wild. Hmm. All right, Ten Commandments on that one. What do you got? All right. Well uh, of course the ending of human life always deals with the fifth commandment and uh insofar as we're uh dealing with uh dictators then we're dealing with the fourth commandment because we're dealing with government yeah. uh, and, and these kinds of things. Of course, the first commandment's always involved. Um, uh, third, I don't know if second and third is... Did you see second or third in this story? Uh, uh, 
not really. Seventh Commandment, he lost sponsors. Yeah. Absolutely. Eighth Commandment is big time. Eighth, yeah. eighth Commandment is courts, but also media, you know, any public conversation. Yeah. Or even the reputation. I mean, this deals with one's reputation. Has a yeah. bad reputation, can't get right. sponsors kind right. of a thing. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Uh, so there you go. That's Ten Commandments the News. In the fourth segment, if you are watching already? live. so fast? If you're watching live on Facebook, you can submit verses. Uh, for Bible B. Now, do the, do the viewers know how this works? When I do Bible B, it's supposed to be easy verses. Do they know that? <laughs> it's good. It's the, you, it's, the, it's the viewers versus Pastor Gig line. A Choose Your Own Adventure Bible B. That That's sounds right. exciting. It's coming up. Okay, so we're going to be right back. You're I listening wait. to You're Table Talk Radio. If you want to be on Facebook with Pastor Wolfmuller, don't. Oh, wait, he's, he's near the limit. Never mind. Forget <laughs> that. What do you get, like four ninety nine nine something like that? Just about the best thing since moldy bread. This is Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Here we go. Oh, yeah. We're swinging it. That's a good one. Mike? All right. Impromptu Bible Bee. That's what we're doing here in the last segment of Table Talk Radio because we did not plan a whole show, but we do have our Facebook viewers who are going to bail us out. So 33,000 of them. Or 33. 33. In case this is your first time listening, which it probably is, uh, what we do is you get three rounds if we have time for three rounds. Uh, First round, you get three verses. Uh, Second round, you get one verse. And then the last round, you get one word. And on the basis of those clues to guess which book of the Bible... The reading comes from. That's how it works. Our our viewers are amateurs at this, so I'm not sure that they know all the rounds. But uh, let's just they, let them have it. Yes, they could focus on the one word clue. That'll be tricky. It is that is that does take some skill to to pick a word that oh, can yeah. be used for round three. All right, you ready? ready. I got round one coming. Okay. Here it is. It goes like this. Now gather yourself in troops, O daughter of troops. He has laid siege against us. They will strike the judge of Israel with a rod on the cheek. But you, Bethlehem Epaphrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. Oh, man, I should know this one. Um... So this is uh, this is an epiphany text, is it not? Uh, yeah. Well, no, Christmas mostly. Okay. In that case, I'm scratch that. <laughs> um, so this is gonna be uh, from the Old Testament, and uh, from one of the prophets. And I'm trying to nail down. I don't think it's Jeremiah. Um, boy, I don't know. Uh, let's say, I don't think this is right, uh, but I'm just going to guess Isaiah. Well, it was a contemporary of Isaiah, but I bet you people didn't know that that was actually coming out of my mouth. They thought that was a professionally made sound effect, but now that they can see me making that sound. Yeah, they don't see a big red button that you're slamming down. That's right. 
That's right. Uh, that is Micah, chapter 5, verses Micah. 1 to 3. Micah, out of you, Bethlehem of Pephrathah, yeah. although you are the little least. So this is a promise. Right. This is the promise that the... Uh, the teachers quote in Jerusalem when the wise men come look. I guess that's Epiphany. Yeah. When the wise men come looking, and uh, see, it and was say, Epiphany. Hey, I would have got it if you would have correctly identified the church season. That's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know your Old Testament prophecy, <laughs> according to the season in which they are spoken in church. Okay, yeah. Lord Gospel on this. Uh, this is Gospel. So this is talking about um, the coming Messiah, and so uh, Jesus is. Um, born in Bethlehem. And so um, we have then the the uh, rejoicing at the coming of, of Christ because uh, it had been, been promised of old that the Lord would send the Messiah, and in the coming Messiah would save his people from their sins, and not just for the people of Israel, but for the Gentiles as well. So this is gospel. I would give you 500 points for that if you would have gotten it right. Yeah, I figured. Alas. All right, you ready for round two? Round two. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Are you sure that only shows up in one book of the Bible? More sweet than bitter, bitter. You remember that song from Big Head Todd the Monsters? Bitter than sweet. All right, I'm going to have you read it one more time. Bitter sweet. After you get done singing, you know, whenever. You know, we're just doing a show. It's fine. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Okay. I have, um, again, for some reason, Isaiah's coming up in my mind. And I think. Isaiah, why would I ever do Isaiah twice? Right. I think that's why it might be Isaiah. Also, Jeremiah. Uh, we did Jeremiah not too long ago at, at uh, our church, and that sounds good. It also might be. Um, this is a theme. Although I don't think this is where it's from, judges will talk about this. That uh, you know, he does. Uh, everyone does what is evil in their in their own eyes, or sorry, everyone does what is good in their own eyes. Um, but uh, let's try Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Uh, no, it's Romans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Isaiah. Fine, it's Isaiah. Isaiah chapter five, verse twenty. Ding, ding. You know, yes. I, I do better. I do better at Bible Bee when I'm playing off of the psychology of Brian Wolfmuller yeah, more than when you I'm, thought I. You, I didn't think you'd guess Isaiah <laughs> twice in a row. Right, right. All right, now we're gonna test the, um, the listener or the viewers, I should say, uh, ability to come up with round three because this, as you know, Pastor Wolfmuller, this takes a little bit of uh, research because you can't just pick a word like you know Jesus. Hey, uh, but you, hey, wait a minute. I want to know about law and gospel on this text, though. You're getting way ahead of yourself. That's true. Uh, this is law. Um, so, so th this is what this is what the world does. This is what uh, wickedness does: is they take that which is uh, good and makes it evil, and that which is evil, that's what they call good. You were talking about that in the previous segment or two. Really. Uh, how the, we, we what what is being called love today is actually a departure from the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments show us what love is, right? So we should fear, love, and trust in God. Um, uh, so that uh, the the very world around us is revealing that uh, it's entirely against the Lord's word, and then they call it something good. They call it love. So this is law, right? I think you're right. So I'm going to give you points for that. How many points do we? I've, I've, it's been so long since I've given you any points. 
Yes. I think it was 10 million something is around there. Inflation has gone up. All right. 10 million points for you. Thank you. Man, how many do I have? Uh, zero so far. All right. You ready for your one word clue? Ready. I'm pulling it from Joel's here. Uh, I had to pull the verse out. It's, a, it's, it's from Joel? Joel. No, it's from the... <laughs> it's from Joel. That's what you just said. It's a good point. It's from the viewer <laughs> called Joel. The word, the one word... Now, you have actually uh, one, two, three, four, five, six chances of getting this right because this single word comes up in six different texts. I think you should now, have to are, think of the one that I'm thinking of. Are they... Are they six different books or just six different texts? Six different books, eight okay. different texts. Ooh, ooh. The word is razor. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, As in, all the days of his vows, no razor <laughs> shall touch his head. Uh, that's right. Um, okay, so... Uh, this is going to be about the story of Samson. Oh, is that what you think? Uh, perhaps. Um, <laughs> so could you use it in a sentence like, I really need to find a razor or... Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp <laughs> razor, you worker of deceit. I mean, you can use it in a contemporary sentence like, uh, one might use a razor to cut this egregious hair. Something. Or you could use it like this. One might use a razor ad to drive the wedge <laughs> further between men and women. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Razor. I'm going to go with the Samson thing. But see, I'm not sure. Was it a razor that was used? Aha, uh -huh, that's a fine question, isn't it? I don't Very know. Very fine question. Now I'm, I'm second guessing myself. Aha, uh -huh. you're third guessing yourself. As to whether or not a razor is actually spoken of with the Lila. Uh-huh. It, it could have been shears. She, don't yeah. you Right. You re you remember the shears? I mean, it's not like you would use you they had like an electric razor which you could use to cut your hair by the way. You could. Yeah. <laughs> but if you wanted to look less like Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> what made you go for the Einstein look? Did you like going through a magazine see Einstein like that's the look for me? How come <laughs> everybody's angry at me now? I'm just wondering. All the angry faces are coming up on the uh Whoa. Wow. Hate haters, huh? Okay. Uh, razor. Uh, Where else would razor come up in the Bible? Uh, I still think it might be Samson. And then um, I'm trying to think. S S Samson. Yeah, I'm going to go with Judges. What is the book of Judges? Hey, you got it. Yeah. Was it Samson? Was that the uh, reference? Yeah, it could be. Uh, let's see. Um, judges. Where is it here? I'm looking for you. Judges, as you had eight eight chances to get this right. Uh, Judges thirteen five, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come oh, upon his head, right. for yeah. a child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. So I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on Law and Gospel in reference to uh, uh, Delilah. Yeah. So so the Lord had given Samson. Um, this blessing and a marker to which he was set apart from God, and uh, and Samson then uh, reveals this to to Delilah, and she uh, out of uh, uh, betrayal to the Philistines um, takes that what was supposed to be a marker of God's um, what being set apart for God, and she takes the razor, I suppose, or 
uh, and otherwise cuts his hair. And so I would say that this is a, a reference to man's sin and therefore the law. I think that's nice. Yeah. What's the deal? What do you think the deal is with the Nazarite vow? Uh, I'm not sure because we are all out of time. Um, what? So I. <laughs> Lucky for you. Tell you what, we'll 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 talk about that for our Facebook uh, viewers after yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, stay tuned. But wow. that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio, where the points are like the third thirty-two thousand viewers that we have now. Very important Thanks to us. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Very important to Table us. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion. Look at what Carrie says. Sentences. She says, how about Ezekiel 44? They must not shave their heads or let their hair grow long. Internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat. That's what she's doing there. Look at verses against me. And falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. Carrie Delilah Wolfmuller. <laughs>